0: Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth. Hyphen posts joined with comma splice. Hi, I'm comma, and you can find me at
1: Grammar Saves Lives on Tumblr. Eon.
2: Hey, this is Eon,
3: and you can find me on Tumblr <laughs> as Eon Blue Negative. Guile. Hi, this is Guile. I'm Guile and Subterfuge on Tumblr. And Jinmo. Hi, this is Jinmo, and you could find me
0: on Jinmo at Tumblr. Awesome to have you back, Jinmo. Thank you. Um, We're covering Game of Thrones Season 6, Episode 7, The Broken Man. Um, This episode will contain spoilers, mostly for the show, but possibly the Song of Ice and Fire series as well. And as always, we do have a standard trigger warning for potential rape discussion. Um, So this episode begins with a cold open. And uh, I guess it's... uh, kind Of the quiet aisle, but um, there's loads of building going on and women folk, so not quite the quiet aisle. <laughs> a play of it, um, I have to say, seeing Ian McShane brought me so much joy. Um, but he's kind of like amalgamation, right? He's not his character's not Septon Maribald, so right,
2: and not elder brother either,
0: right? So he's kind of a mix, and they call him, I think it's Brother Ray, is it, or Brother Ray, I believe, yeah, Brother Ray, <laughs> like. Ray R A Y? Yes. I had to look it up because I wasn't quite sure what he was called. (laughs) He's he's just Ray. You know, (laughs) down to earth. No pretension about him. Oh,
1: it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a little jarring is all. This
0: this the whole setting of the scene too was so unlike the world that we've been living in with like these characters. Like it was like we were in the goddamn shire, was it not? It <laughs> no. was like a hippie commune.
3: Yes,
1: a hippie I have commune. that in my notes. <laughs> or like a medieval version of Witness. Do you remember that movie? <laughs> yes. Where they're like raising the barn, and there's the all the like shots of the lemonade and the women making the food. It was like that. <laughs> I mean, I didn't like it. I, I didn't mind it. It was kind of fun. Don't get me wrong, but it's like okay. <laughs>
3: I think they're going for, like, a pastoral feel to
0: it. Yeah, for sure. It's, like, peaceful, right? Like, it's supposed to feel different. It's supposed to feel like
3: the Quiet Isle, I
0: think. Yeah. And it did. Um, But the big reveal, of course, is Sander Clegane. He's back. And um, I have to admit, I did love the exchange with the Hound and uh, Brother Ray. When um, they were talking about the monster that took him down. (laughs) I was like... Take that, dude bros. It was a woman. (laughs) You you can't call him Brother Ray. I'm sorry.
1: I have
3: to.
0: It's what he's called in the show. Just
3: Ian
1: McShane, okay?
3: (laughs) Would it help if you imagine him as R-H-E-Y and he's a (laughs) secret Targaryen?
1: (laughs) Probably a little bit better. Okay, I'll try to imagine the H.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I can't wait till I get to Yara's scenes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to have an eyeball pop out. (laughs) They speak of how um, Sander was found near death and Brother Ray proclaims the gods aren't done with him yet. They talk theology a bit and then the hound asks if the gods are real, why haven't they punished me? And he replies, they have. I know
2: with this scene, whenever we were watching it, Mr. Eon turned to me after... um, Ray says the gods aren't done with you, and he's like, "Does that mean get hype?
3: <laughs> you can almost <laughs> hear the air horn blowing." <laughs> <laughs> they really needed the air horn Game of Thrones intro after this; that would have been perfect.
0: Yeah. I love how everybody is just like they're totally set on it's going to be Bowl. Oh, it's, but and it's
3: that's... totally not going to be clickable based upon like what we know. But I think we're all yeah. just kind of like in denial. <laughs>
0: So what is it going to be? Because I don't, I really don't know.
1: <laughs> I think they're going to put him against the Brotherhood without banners, I guess. And maybe, yeah, he's, yeah I, so. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad he's back. I like that actor very much. I I just refuse to get hype because I know <laughs> I'm going to be disappointed. So. <laughs>
0: All right, let's go on the next scene. We have Marjorie and the High Sparrow. Um, they're also spending a bit of time talking about theology, scripture, the poor, and lack of sexy times for Tillman. <laughs> uh, he tells her, Congress does not require desire on a woman's part. <laughs> I was like,
3: gross. <laughs> I always like how the celibate religious folks seem to like really want to also be sex therapists. You know, It seems like a natural progression of their skill set.
2: <laughs> that's that's the the
1: Cogman and the showrunners with their take on religion, which throughout this episode is a little bit like, I don't think these people have ever, ever talked to a, like a minister or a priest or any kind of religious figure in their life, because it's very weird what they come up with. But I think that they're channeling there's some sort of right wing I mean, it's they look at what's happening in our own lives and use that, I assume. I don't, what I don't get is why, I mean, I actually wish we had seen, I, I mean, I know I knocked the actor playing Tom in and I don't particularly like his scenes with um, Jonathan Price, but I kind of wish we had seen that scene.
3: Of him whining about not getting
0: laid. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would have been highly entertaining. It would be. It would have been. That would have been fun. <laughs> Speaking of you knocking that actor, Toman, Did we get mail about that? We, <laughs> we did. Yeah. Let's do that yeah. here if we can. Do you yeah. have
2: any? Also- yeah, we yeah. got this cute comment from Adara Stark, and it says, "Hi, girls. Plus Watkins and Donkey Leg. I have loved <laughs> your podcast cast, and even love loved me some D and D bashing. But could grammar saves li Saves lives. Take a break." Take it back a notch. And her verbal abuse towards a child actor was especially unsettling. Please make your podcast fun to listen to again.
4: <laughs>
2: uh, comma. Well, Rebuttal. I, mean, I, I thought a lot
1: about this, and I'm sorry if you found it, if anyone found it unsettling. Um, but in my defense, Dean Charles Chapman, who plays Tommen, he's over 18. Uh, he's 19 now. I think he's good gonna be twenty in September or October. Um, he's an adult and he's in a business where, you know, criticism comes good and bad. And this isn't a high school production. It's not like I'm I'm watching him in his grade school, you know, take on The Wizard of Oz and saying, What a lousy whatever.
3: <laughs> this is a professional Although if you production. were if you were in that theater you would be writing a stern letter <laughs> no, to school newspaper. No, I,
1: I, I really and I've actually, now that um, my, my godson is old enough to be in theater, I have had to sit through a lot, like the time his, his um, kindergarten class regaled us with Puff the Magic Dragon, which was pretty painful. <laughs> but you know what?
2: <laughs> I oh God, no. and Wait, I
1: you're and I did card. not go, I don't know, honey, that was not really your best. Word. No, okay. Um, I do think... I put a lot of blame on the actor's shoulders and maybe that was a little harsh, but I think, I think what they want from Tom and as a character is a little bit confused. And I don't think it's easy for anyone to play. Um, I don't think he's got, there's something off with Jonathan price in this show. And I, I don't know what it is. It's just like a chemi- chemistry thing and you either have it or you don't, but mostly I think it's the writing and he's just not experienced enough to try to transcend the material, which is really,
0: really bad. Yeah, so, I, think, I think at that age, you have to be pretty exceptional to stand up in a room with, like, the actors he's sharing scenes with. I, I think, I don't know. I don't think he's, like, there's been scenes where he has been very palatable. He's not horrid. Yeah. But, um, they're, they're, that scene, it was off. I, I had to agree with you, too. But um, I think he's young and inexperienced, as you said, so...
1: But he's not a a child actor anymore. This isn't the kid who played... Actually, he did very well in... uh, His first scene was when he was playing one of Kevin's kids. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. With, uh, what, season two or three?
0: Martin Lannister or something like that. Yeah, I mean,
1: he was very good there. But he was legitimately, I would say, a child actor at the time. But he's not anymore. He's an adult. So I don't feel the need to pull punches with that. (laughs)
0: So. <laughs> there you have it. I think that was a pretty good response. So. All right. Um okay, so we're going to continue on with our scene with uh, Marjorie and the High Sparrow. He tells her she's made great progress and he hopes the same for her grandmother, and he gives kind of a not so lightly veiled threat towards Alana. And then after that, we have Alana and Marjorie meeting with a very statuesque Septa Unella hovering about. Um Alana tries to find a Privacy on the balcony, but Yunella follows Olana, threatens her with <laughs> follows them out, and then Olana threatens her with a good bashing. While Marjorie attempts to defuse her, Marjorie plays the perfect penitent queen. Promise um, promises that Loris will be fine once he confesses. He will return to High Garden, but will need to give up his title and claim. Olana thinks she's gone bonkers. Marjorie kneels down beside Olana and tells her her place is at home. She presses a note in her hand, and Alana leaves, and, and she opens it out in the corridor, and it's a rose, the Tyrell house sigil.
3: That was so one hell of a veiled work? threat. <laughs> yeah.
0: It was not very veiled, was no, it? No. <laughs> no, Not at all.
1: How but does think this work? With I mean, isn't Laura supposed to be the only heir to that house?
3: Well, I mean... Mace has two sisters, and then there's, like, Garth and whoever Garth's kids are. So, I mean, there's other Tyrells. If they exist but, in I this mean, world.
1: Yeah. The, the High Septon has seemed, if anything, I mean, you see he's pretty canny. He does, I think he does know he can work with Marjorie. hence that very, he didn't have to pull out the all the stops. Like, get your grandma out of here. Or, you know, he just had a hint. And, I mean, that's a, a lot to ask a major house to do.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I guess here's a question. Do you think the High Septon is buying what Marge is selling at all? Or is he just willing to work with her because he knows of her influence over Tommen?
1: I think if he was totally buying what she was selling, she would not have Septa or or, or whatever, Unella Uh over, I mean, that woman would be back with Cersei. I think... You know, yeah, they gave her shoes and a new hair dye and I presume a new, you know, a new dress and all that. But but at the same time, I mean, to say that, okay, in order for your brother to be freed, what, he's going to have to go barefoot and, you know, be without a house and a name, that seems kind of like extreme,
0: yeah, I mean, and, like, really, what would his punishment be? Would he have to walk naked through the streets, or is that solely reserved for, you know, of sinful that. women?
3: He's, he's an attractive man. That would never happen.
0: Yeah, we would never be
1: allowed to see that.
3: <laughs> that's, it's just us as the audience. That's why that's
0: not what he would choose as a punishment. <laughs> I just think it's it's, like, kind of confused on the part of the writers. I don't know. Well... I do think that having Marjorie press that message into Elena's hand at least gives us some some answers. I mean, we all kind of suspect that she was totally wasn't, you know, totally oh, yeah. drank the Kool-Aid. Um, so. And
3: you know. I mean, thank God they gave Marjorie something to do because it's been, you know, episodes and episodes where she yeah. frankly has been kind of on the bench and you forget how good she is and how mm-hmm. good it's been to have the po- her point of view and Olena's point of view in King's Landing. Um, you know, I, mm-hmm. we enjoy the Cersei chapters in Feast, but, you know, she is the only viewpoint. And so one of the successes, I think, of the show has been having the Tyrell viewpoint more. So thank God for having that back.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I agree. I okay. think she does, uh, Natalie Dormer does really well with this stuff. Mm hmm. Oh, she does. I'm
3: this? curious. So why isn't she sleeping with Tommen? She's probably pissed off. I mean, Tom and her brother. <laughs> well, I mean, think okay. about it. Her brother has been horribly abused and is still locked up. I okay. wouldn't put out for Tom and either. No, <laughs> I guess
1: I. I wasn't thinking of it in that sense. I was just thinking in terms of game playing and keeping him close. And uh, clearly, this kid can be manipulated six ways from Sunday. So.
3: Well, and I guess I, having an heir that would you know completely protect her.
1: Yeah. yeah. Maybe that makes her dispensable, too, you know, once she produces yeah. one. Yeah.
0: Okay, I take that back. The one thing I hated about that previous scene with uh, Marjorie and the High Sparrow is it totally blew my whole theory that <laughs> they were working together to oust Tommen. <laughs> Damn <Dimmon>. it. <Yeah. laughs> well, that may happen. No. <laughs> Maybe she's working on her own now. I don't know.
3: I don't know. I mean, I think her only endgame here is to get Olenna and Loras out of the city. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. it. Yeah. And after that, she hasn't really, you know, she hasn't thought about it.
0: i have to wait and see. All right, let's go to the north. Um, John and Tormund are trying to convince the wildlings to join them in battle. John tells them they aren't safe either way. The bull ends, and the other northmen won't stop at killing just him. Tormund tells them if they aren't willing to die for Jon, they are cowards and deserve to be the last of the free folk. Wanwan is the first to give his allegiance with a simple snow. <laughs> the other wildlings follow suit. And uh, I guess they're in.
1: Who is yeah. that other red-haired dude?
0: Does anyone really know? really
1: tall one? Other red-haired one dude. Who wasn't Tormund. Yeah. <laughs> who yeah. was like the doubting guy.
0: A lot of redheads in that scene. <laughs> yeah, there were.
3: But he was good. I liked him. I love one one like I love watching him move. Like I just oh, I think it's so cool, and I love like his kind of loping gait. I just I, it's sometimes you it's easy to pretend that he's real. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah.
3: I love his face. Yeah, he's oh, very yeah.
0: expressive. Yeah. It's a short scene, and you know it just kind of sets us up for what, some of the other John scenes that we're going to see later. So we'll, we'll move on. Um, we have Cersei and the Mountain paying Olana a visit. Olenna tears into her really good in this scene. Oh, Basically, this was so you know, satisfying. Yes, <laughs> everything's it was. her fault, and she's
3: stupid. <laughs> well, I think like the, I'm trying to think if you're the worst person I've ever met. Like, oh thank God! Like I've been, you know, we've been dying for someone to say this to her for two years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I really think that this was
2: the best girl-on-girl action throughout this whole episode. you got <laughs> Queen of Thorns roasting the fuck out of Cersei Lannister. This was so much better than that other scene later on. God,
4: I think I watched that scene over and over like five times. I'm like, I feel like I'm a Lena right now. I'm just wanting to just unleash <laughs> on Cersei.
1: <laughs> I do uh, wish we had gotten more of a... Because I, I can't believe that real Cersei would have just sat there... So it's so incredibly calm.
3: Well, Carol's that. so calm though, you know. Yeah, she's got it Carol's together. very peaceful.
4: Yeah, but I didn't like too is how she's just like, "I know I made a mistake." I'm like, "Oh, come on." <laughs> well, you
0: guys are forgetting this is um after the walk, Cersei. She is unsettling, unsettling as as yeah, Carol. Said. Let's
1: be honest. This is not Cersei.
0: Uh, I think I think this this is going back a little bit to what book post-walk Cersei is acting like.
4: <laughs> okay. <laughs> you sound don't convinced.
0: Don't <laughs> anyway, yeah. So yeah, as you mentioned, Olenna calls her vile. One of the worst people she's ever met tells her she'll never forget the way Cersei smirked as Loras and Marjorie were dragged away. Cersei tells her they must defend Marjorie and Tommen. Olenna tells her she's leaving as fast as she can. And um, Cersei says she'll never leave her son. Olenna lays it all out. You have no support, no Jamie. Your family has abandoned you. The people hate you, and you're surrounded by enemies. You've this lost. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I've seen a theory um, that during this whole time, you know, Cersei, do you think she's going to go totally like wildfire, burn them all, batshit crazy? Yeah,
2: this is a quiet yeah. rage. This is why she's being so calm right now.
0: If it's I a think quiet rage, she's range, just
2: going to explode.
1: I don't think it was portrayed well then, because I really didn't get the sense she was seething. She just seemed very like she'd met Ian McShane and had embraced his new philosophy, and she was just kind of like listening. I don't know.
3: I, think I don't she think. I just think she's
1: fighting her.
2: Head. Yeah,
1: I just don't think it was Lena Headey's best performance ever. Let me just put it like that.
2: Yeah,
4: it oh. looked like she was like on the verge of tears the whole time to me. Like It just looked like another feel sorry for me. Tears of, of rage. No, <laughs> I'm such a good mother.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. do not get me wrong. I enjoyed, in fact, I just want to get it out there. I enjoyed this episode quite a lot. Um, I just didn't get that vibe from her. She seemed pretty chill throughout the whole thing.
3: I mean, I love the I Lena in this she-
2: scene. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I didn't get that she looked sad while Elena was bashing her. She looked kind of smug to me. That's just the way I read it.
4: Yeah, I, I, I don't know, know. Maybe I'm just used to having to read her as Carol that I just saw yeah. it that way. I just, I mean,
2: it just looked like you know, as Elena's bashing her, she's just like you know, just really smug, going, you know what, I'm going to get you pretty soon. Gonna burn you
4: up. Yeah, I'm gonna burn, yeah. You, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna burn you.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're probably right.
4: It's probably how
0: it was. <laughs> okay, let's go to River Run. Um, we see that fine, fine Lannister armor marching in. Bronn calls the fray siege on River Run sad. <laughs> Jamie wants Bronn to assist him, and uh, he starts to say a Lannister, and then Bronn cuts him off with a don't say it, don't fucking say it, which was, I thought was a fun little um, bit of mm-hmm. humor. <laughs> In front of the castle, Lord Edmure is held by the phrase, they demand that Blackfish yield the castle or they will kill him. Blackfish responds, Go on then, cut his throat. The phrase, do not, they march Edmure away. They are surprised by Jamie's presence. He informs them they just allowed 8,000 men to march in. He commands Edmure be bathed and fed. Walder Jr. objects, and Jamie unleashes a golden bitch slap across his mouth. And I am not a fan of this. <laughs> I don't like I've seen a lot of gift sets out there. Like, yeah, golden bitch slap, but this is not where it's supposed to
3: happen. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the point isn't that he slaps someone with his hand, you know? Like, that's not actually the point of it. Point
1: of the whole scene. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I actually really can I? I really disliked this scene. Um, really? Yeah, and I to me it's like you had Jamie and Braun going to River Run, and so there's an opportunity to I think talk about what book Jamie is feeling like. So it's that miraculous thing where via the the medium of film you can show inner dialogue and turmoil. Mm-hmm. Amazing. <laughs> and, um, you know, what I wanted to get out of this is the sense that Jamie doesn't like his... You know, he does not like his allies. And frankly, he has a lot of sympathy and a lot of personal admiration for his enemies in this case. Like, he... You know, the blackfish is an idol of his. He doesn't want to be doing this and I felt like there's a good opportunity as he and Braun are riding up for them to like have a you know, a small exchange to that effect. Instead it became about like him and Braun. Like who gives a shit? I don't really care right. about Jamie's relationship to Braun, like that really is not very important. Whereas I think in the coming scenes Jamie's relationship and feelings about the blackfish actually are really important.
4: Yeah. I find it really funny that his conversation with Braun, um I was just I, I laughed when he said this was that you can be the right hand. I lost or something along the lines of that. It's just funny because it's that line is used a lot in Jamie and Brian fanfiction. I'm like, Okay, so Braun is like the new Brian.
0: OTP. <laughs> Jamie.
4: Yeah.
0: For the show it's the O T P apparently. Yeah. yeah. Besides <laughs> now, him and Carol.
1: I, I enjoyed the show i was like oh my god it's actual jamie it's been ten thousand years um i think though what i kept going was why didn't they do this in season five if this plot had been like stretched out in season five like it should have been instead of that clusterfuck that was Dorn, we could have they could have maybe spent a little more time on that and and built it up so it would have had more effect um, and actually, speaking of time, this was another episode that was like, what, 10 minutes shorter than yep. usual? So it's not like they didn't have the time to maybe have a scene like what you're talking about, Guile. So we could have gotten a sense of that. Yeah, that's a I fair mean, part point. Of,
3: part of me is sort of glad that I don't get to see Jenna and Davin and Pia and Peck and little Lou Piper, you know, because frankly, I don't know that I want to necessarily see the interpretation of them.
1: At least not this interpretation, right? But yeah, right.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, like I can kind of hold them close. They're mine. I They're not know. theirs yeah. yet.
0: I could have. I could have enjoyed him going to the bear pit again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And slapping some asshole across the face for saying something Yeah, I mean bad Red Ronit would
3: have been a great. You know, Red Ronit would have been a pretty easy character to cast. Like that wouldn't have been too bad
0: that would have been amazing. Uh, I suspect so, it's going
1: to contradict what they're going to do with him in the next
0: <laughs> yeah, couple we'll get of episodes, there. So, but yeah, yeah, we'll get there. So, let's see. Having said that, the false threat lesson was a nice oh, Okay, oh, I was I know what I was going to say here. Um i think i'll leave that one jamie announces he's in charge of the siege now and bronze starts giving orders the phrase object jamie tells them he's in charge don't like it go home jamie wants to parlay with the blackfish and bronze says fight or parlay he's an old man and he says you got one hand money's on the old boy and that'll end the scene So we're going to go to John and Sansa in Davos. They're paying a visit to House Mormont. Uh, Young lady Mormont hears them out and she's all business. (laughs) No patience Mm -hmm. for the small talk. Um, He reminds her of her letter and John tells her that Rob is gone but House Stark remains. Leanna calls John a snow and Sansa a Bolton. Or is it Lannister? And uh, Sansa tells her, I did what I had to do to survive. I'm a Stark. Lyanna asks, why should I sacrifice one more Mormont life for someone else's war? Davos steps in, introduces himself. He tells her, this isn't someone else's war. He brings up the Lord Commander Mormont and the real war between the living and the dead. A divided north doesn't stand a chance.
3: Oh, she's so great. <laughs> she is. Yes. You know,
0: I, love her. I know it's
3: so beautiful too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know I've always said like if Brienne dies, I'm out fuckers, but I <laughs> think if Leanna Mormont dies, I am also out fuckers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she was awesome. I and mean for a of, little yeah. girl to carry that kind of a scene,
3: wow. And she kind of channeled Stannis a little bit, so I feel like maybe Davos is in love with her. <laughs> Well, they did
1: give her that kind of Stannis line. I mean, Stannis is the only one in the books who ever refers to Sansa as Lady Lannister. Everyone else calls her Sansa Stark, even the Lannisters. It's only Stannis who does that. Okay, did anyone else notice that with the blocking, they're trying to make Kit Harrington seem way taller than he is?
0: Well, I think they're always going to try to
1: do that. <laughs> but I mean, oh, I Sophie it. Turner's got, like, what, a foot on him, and they yeah. had her standing back. I And we never saw his feet. I bet you anything they've got him standing on a box. Ed <laughs> fetched a block.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Pretty
1: much. I think they, they did, yeah.
3: Well, it says <laughs> Liam Cunningham is 6'1", and I think Sophie Turner is, like, 5'11", maybe.
1: And he seemed like he was on um
3: Oh, she's only five nine apparently. And they claim Kit Harrington is five eight, which then I Oh no I'm also oh, no, five no, no, no. <laughs> Yeah. Um yeah,
1: I I'm pretty sure that he they had him standing on something because that man is nowhere near as tall as either of those two
3: so do you was um when she cut john off was he about to tell her that he has long claw or was he gonna like just shut his mouth about that little piece of info oh i didn't even think about that that would have i
1: yeah i don't know i can't take john seriously though i saw a thing on tumblr that said he looks like he manages a whole foods and now that's all i see
0: (laughs) Just to um, kind of wrap up some of the scene, um, her maester leans over to chime in, and Leanna halts him, and she promises that they're going to keep faith with House Stark. All 62 of her men are in. They are as, as she tells them, they are good as ten mainlanders, and Davo says, if they are half as ferocious as their ladies, the bull inns are doomed.
3: See, he's in I love with her. A, Yeah,
0: I thought that line was so cute. <laughs>
1: my favorite bit was when she held up her hand. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Do not interrupt me. I am in
3: charge. And her gloves, like everything about her was perfect.
0: (laughs) Yep. Okay. Uh, Let's see. We're going to go back to Jamie. He's riding through the camp and he marches across the bridge and waits for the drawbridge to open and the blackfish walks out and they say, Kingslayer. Blackfish. Blackfish asks for Sansa and Arya, also asks if he wants to resume his captivity. Jamie tells him the castle belongs to House Frey. In the king's name, his orders are to have him surrender. Jamie tells him hundreds will die if they continue. He said. Blackfish responds, hundreds of mine, thousands of yours. Jamie tells the Blackfish, if he surrenders, he'll spare the life of his men on his honor. <laughs> like As soon as Jamie said that, I'm like, Jamie. what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he meant his horse. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and Blackfish says, As long as I'm standing, the war is not over. Anyone else think it was really odd that a man who lived through the Red Wedding would like just trust Jamie and walk out to that bridge and have a chat with him?
3: Well, he's got all of the crossbow men pointing down at him. Yeah. yeah.
0: I don't know that, though.
3: That scene was so beautiful though with The way Jamie was kind of standing on the edge of that drawbridge, like the shoot, the the shots were just absolutely gorgeous.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have no fault to find with this. This was this was that's actual legit. Jamie Clive Russell brought it as the blackfish. This is like, why didn't they do this before? I I remember being somewhere and people saying, "Well, the Riverlands stuff is boring," but it's not boring. It's great and it's cinematic and it's interesting and it's so much better than most of the crap they've been coming up with on their own. Why didn't they do this before? Yeah,
0: I don't know. I just really wish that Jamie would have went inside the castle, like in the books. That made just a whole lot more sense. Because here it looks like the Blackfish is trusting Jamie's honor to come out and meet him like that. And I think that's kind of uh, belying the point of Jamie going in to see him. Anyway, but that's I, just my hang up, I guess.
3: I think the Blackfish does trust his honor. Like, that's the irony of it, is that he does. He doesn't like so? him. Yeah, I think he does. I mean, Jamie, you know, Jamie goes <laughs> in there and finds a solution that... You know, he's not going in there like the phrase. He's immediately establishes himself as, like, playing by some rules of war, if you will. So he's kind of the opposite of the phrase. And I think, you know, that's the thing. Like, these people know each other. Like, Jamie almost married his niece. Like, they know each other. He knows Jamie. I don't know. I just, I think he would trust his honor. I mean, maybe I'm just totally off base, but...
1: Well, they're yeah. both soldiers and there's that recognition between yeah, two old soldiers who like can recognize it like they're looking at when Jamie's looking at the phrase, it's like you, you putz is what the hell are you doing? You know, especially with the business with Edmure and all that. But like you see the blackfish and you see Jamie together and whatever their difference is. You know that the blackfish looks at Jamie and sees a soldier, and you know Jamie's doing the same thing. Well,
3: and the thing is, Jamie's not trying to sell him a pile of shit. Like Jamie right. genuinely, like, here's your best offer, and it's it is, it's the best offer he can give him. He can't, t- you know, he can't say, you can have River. You know, no, he can't right. have that. This is what he can have is I will, you know, send your guys to the wall, and you know, Admiral will be a well ca- well cared for prisoner. That's it. And I, I mean he's he's not trying to sell him something that Blackfish wouldn't believe. Like why wouldn't he believe that scenario? Because
0: he's a Lannister. <laughs> anyway. I do agree with you though that it was like a beautiful beautifully shot scene though. Um the camera angles and the bridge coming down and Jamie looking up.
3: I'm not as into his armor as I thought I would. I was be. Just, yeah, I was just gonna say that. I was like, the
4: only thing that bothers me is his armor. Kind of reminds me of those like plastic action few, uh, figures.
3: He's, yeah, he's too square in it. You yeah. know what it is? It's the hips from the hips
0: down. Yes, yep. It looks a yeah. bit. Yeah. Like you know dresses. It, out it's of,
1: like, Tywin's armor, or at least a version of Tywin's armor. And I hate. I mean, I do love Jamie. I know you guys. Is it because Charles Dance is taller? I think, but Charles Dance you know what, in that who wore it better? He did. Because I was, like, looking at Jamie and the horse, and it's was like, oh, my God, this is great. This is what I've always dreamed you of. Are. This is beautiful. And then when he's walking down the bridge, I'm like, what the hell is going on with the hips?
0: Oh, whatever. <laughs> if he came he strolling of- <laughs> into your tent, you would not
3: throw that out. So. No, but he does look not. kind of. He has childbearing hips in the armor. <laughs> yeah, he, I'd be like, I take, mean, a, a take your hips off, then you ramble. can come in. <laughs>
1: It's a minor point. This is when this is the show I fell in love with. When you're in this brief scene, and it all works, yeah, it, it looks good. Nice to the, see the, that everything movie. just went together. And people who think we don't love the show, we do occasionally love the show, and this is what yeah. we love. You know?
4: Yeah, I yeah. really enjoyed the scene. It was just that I cannot stop laughing at his armor the whole time. I was so distracted by it. was
0: it. on that bridge scene, right? It was.
4: Yeah, like, it was on the bridge. It just looks It
0: looked like plastic. Yeah. yeah, well, lately his golden hand has been getting on my
2: nerves because I don't know if you've ever been to, like, a Renaissance fair or a fair where you can dip your hands in wax. It just looks like one of those things to me where they
0: just spray yeah. painted it gold. It's just not blingy enough
3: for me.
0: <laughs> they should have had, like, Versace design it.
3: You know, <laughs> totally. actually, I'm surprised they didn't have, like, a high-end designer do it. Like, why wouldn't they do it? Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, like a Project Runway uh, challenge. <laughs> oh it was God. great, though,
0: seeing those red tents and him on that horse and the little I, love the oh, solid.
3: I, I got no like, complaints about the horse. Yeah,
0: felt like I was home again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to House Glover. Um, they are not interested in joining John and John and Sansa in the war against the bull Inns, especially when the rumors are confirmed that their army is comprised of wildlings. Sansa reminds Lord Glover of his oath to serve the Starks, and he doesn't take that reminder too well. Tells Sansa how Stark is dead. You so know, I really,
2: there I really feel they should have just let Davos do the talking Pretty after much. he won Lady Mormont. They should have just let him talk to all the houses. I think
1: they should have done like one more of these scenes, and they should have had. And I really think. I don't care who the other house was, but they should have shown another house, like, being swayed, preferably by Sansa. Um, yeah,
0: that would have been nice. Well, um, she is going to sway a house, but uh, that'll be later.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's going to come with the big, big price tag, I'm pretty sure. But um, I think that would have helped a little bit, like, we, or to have, like, a couple of these scenes where we see... That these three are really a good team together. Like John won over the Wildlings, Davos run over House Mormont. You know, something to show. And I don't understand why it has to be. I mean, already the odds are stupid. Um, so why them not having a hundred more men or something or whatever House Glover can give them? Why it had to be that had to be shown? I I don't know. I think it was a little unbalanced.
3: Yeah, is Glover the one that? Is going to play the Manderly role, though, because there is a house apparently that's going to that is going to be, you know, that is going to show up sides. in the
0: nick of
1: time.
3: Yeah. Or that's going to switch sides. So maybe there's maybe they're um, introducing them for that.
1: That's a piss poor excuse for a Manderly man. I want Although,
3: I think there is. Didn't they cast some fat northern lord? Did they? Maybe I they're not so. done their rounds. Yeah. 'Cause I mean, man, Wyman
1: Manderley's a great character. I mean, I know hard to cast, but man, a great character. I don't know, you yeah. Know, think is. There's
3: like a lot of fat guys, like <laughs> <laughs> I kinda well, think yeah, that's <laughs>
1: it's a good point. <laughs> Depending on how accurate to the books they wanted to go, I guess. You know. Wow. Well, what am I saying? Oh my god.
3: This is the this is the perfect G R. R. M. cameo is this is Wyman Manderley. Oh, my God. That would be
0: amazing. It would be.
1: <laughs> Jersey accent. Oh, my God. Not like he's
0: <laughs> doing anything else. Put him in the show,
3: right? Yeah. <laughs> we well, know you're not writing. You might as well just do this.
1: <laughs> okay. So how much time is passing? Does anyone know?
3: No. I think it depends right. upon the storyline. They're not yeah. necessarily matched up, so. Okay. That time
0: is relative in the show. I mean, I
3: think they actually people. said they actually said something to that effect to like clarify it because people were complaining. You know, people were nitpicking that and they're like, "Yeah, no, it's not the same time everywhere." That and would be impossible. The world has shrunk. Well, it would be impossible. <laughs> I mean,
0: yeah. It would All be right.
1: hard, and they don't
0: do that well. Let's go to Volantis. Um, The Greyjoy siblings and men are enjoying drinks and whores. Yara's making out with one, and Theon looks super uncomfortable. He's worried about Euron coming after them. Yara wants Theon to drink and gives him a pep talk of sorts in between commands of drink more. She tells him she needs him. They are going to sail to Marine and see the Dragon Queen, and they are going to take back the Iron Islands. She wants to know if he's with her, really with her. Theon nods. She kisses his forehead, and then I wish the scene ended there. But she goes back to her (laughs) whore. Like, how great would it have been to end on that with like his eyes coming up to meet hers and him nodding? It was. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Elfie Allen anyway, but beautifully acted. I thought
3: they've kind of dulled down. Yara, Yara slash Asha so much that they kind of now had to, like, undull her a little bit more.
1: Yeah. Well, see, she's gay, and then in this universe, gay people have a lot of sex all of the time. That's how they see it, and that I've written her as gay. I'm fine with her being gay. I actually thought the kissing, I saw it in the trailer, I was excited by it, but I did not care for this scene.
3: See, I sort of interpreted her as just like any sailor in port where, you know, they've been stuck in a boat and they're just going to go wild for like, for like you know, a night and then they're, because they know it, you know, they know it ends at, you know, ends when they sail again. So they're just in town, they're going to go crazy and then, you know, then they go back to, you know, business as usual. So it wasn't really about her being gay or anything, it was just about like her kind of being like that you know like, like spring they're important right. yeah or spring, yeah, that's room, I room spring or whatever
1: right. <laughs> i don't know it didn't play like that to me and i didn't care and i did not i really did not care for the drink business and all that i'm like you know what this is not what this man needs she um,
3: doesn't, but she's you know i, I guess the other thing is, is she's ironborn and she's not really going to be the best person to like Stroke his hair and tell him everything's gonna be okay because she doesn't know how to deal with people yeah, like that. I get it. Just, I mean, and I, I can... feel like if she did do that, you would be maybe, or we maybe not you personally, but we might be complaining like, oh, they made her be like the caregiving, soft woman, and you know that's just not who no, she is. I, I totally get
1: it. I just find, like you said, <laughs> she's very. I don't even know what the word is. It's not dumbed down. It's just dulled down. I think you said, I don't know. I, and I, I have not really cared for their portrayal of, um, gay and bisexual characters. And this is just one more jarring example of them being kind of tone deaf to that. And I I can, I'm so sick. I'm so sick of the naked prostitutes everywhere we turn. I mean, I'm happy that these, these actors get a chance to put legitimate credits on their CV. That's great. But I don't need to see this. It's.
3: <laughs> Did you guys. Is this the same prostitute that was hooking up with Braun before the Battle of Blackwater? Because I swear to God, it's the same girl. <laughs> I if, have no know, idea.
1: Clotho was telling me about some interview she read. There's an actual, like, former. I think she was a former sex worker or a porn I don't know, something. But she had been in every season of Game of Thrones, albeit That's playing awesome. prostitutes. And I mean again, I'm happy they've got this, they maybe get a union, I don't know. But it's just like, uh, do you have to? And the answer is of course we have to show more naked women. So. I mean it was well acted. I don't ever really have a problem with it in that sense. It it hit all the wrong notes for me.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I can forgive like one the uh, over the top sexual, you know, bi or gay scene and but when they keep doing it like you said to kind of just bash us over the head that, you know, they're gay or bisexual and that's that's all that character is, then yeah. I, I mean, don't think I'll forgive that's the it. Case with Yara. I mean, we. I haven't... can forgive it this once, but if like you know, it opens with her doing the same thing, then I'm like, oh come on, guys. You know, what maybe? if she's
3: doing it with Danny? Would that change your mind? Oh, I would be totally down with that. <laughs> yeah, we know, we know, <laughs> <comma>. <laughs> I would
1: find that such a nice, refreshing change. I, in fact, if they ever the girl do those, gets
3: the girl, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, I would be down with that.
3: I don't think I would hate it. No, <laughs> yeah. and I think we said before that you know, especially Book Ashes, totally Danny's type.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go back to John and Sansa. Um, their army is set up where Stannis had been, or so Davos informs them. John doesn't want to stay. He wants to head to Winterfell before there are more snows. Sansa tells John they didn't have enough, they don't have enough men. And then in her tent, she composes a note. And I think the assumption is for most people that it's too little finger to bring in the men of the veil. Does anyone think differently?
3: Well, I think someone um, deciphered the note on Reddit and it's basically, you know, you promise to protect me, ride north to Winterfell and you will be rewarded.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And I I don't
1: think she's going to like what his price is, but okay.
3: Well, I mean, I don't know. You know, it's like she doesn't know that he screwed over Ned. Like, she doesn't know that he put everything into motion. She just oh, knows no, that he I may or may not have known about Ramsey. So, I mean, in the scheme of marriage prospects, like, Littlefinger is not, I, just, I don't know, I feel like he's not the actual worst that he could do.
0: Yeah, it's just Wouldn't it such- be
3: wonderful though if it was a note to the blackfish? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but we see so Brienne some- like give him a note, don't we, in the preview?
0: Hmm.
2: Oh, it would be amazing,
3: and they all just sneak out out of River Run in the
0: middle of the night.
3: Well, I, again, I think that's literally what they do in the preview. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're all probably blinded by other things. It? No, there's a shot of of Pod waiting in a boat. And she's kind of getting into the boat, and the blackfish is behind her. Oh my oh gosh, people. I totally missed that. Yeah, <gasps> I
4: don't, I don't get why the blackfish would be leaving
3: to go help Sansa <laughs> because Edmure is gonna Edmure is gonna give up the castle. Then, like you know, like kind of like he does in the book. So
4: he's he gonna skedaddle. Lord. Yeah, but he seems so stubborn
3: about staying in the castle because he was the, the lord of the castle. At with that Jaime. moment, I mean, but that's lit- you know that's literally book canon.
4: Yeah, I know. It's I just was always
1: confused by that.
3: Yeah, there I, a- I
1: would love it if the notes the Blackfish. That would be awesome.
3: Yeah, she's That's gonna marry him. <laughs> well,
1: no, but you know, or whatever. Well, in that case, it would probably be like you get a keep or whatever, or you know. That would be great.
3: I mean, John is kind of... Can we say that John is being a moron here? Oh, we're outnumbered like 10 to 1, but we'll just go. Like, are you an idiot, John? <laughs> you just are all going to die, basically.
1: I cannot take him seriously anymore. And he's... Yeah. The, he's another character who I think I liked so much better in the books because he had so much more going for him. Mm. And it's just... I don't think they've showcased that feature
0: he's been well, kind of limp since yeah the, he's left the wall a bit well, he died you know <laughs> the guy I prayed. don't care <laughs> but
1: before that it yeah. was just like you know what i uh, they're not playing that though we're not getting like it's like funny a buffy they, spike dialogue yeah. scene where we discover he's struggling with it i mean well, it would, this is like in real life where your friend's not feeling well and you go, well, they did just get over cancer or whatever. But I mean, we're not getting anything like that cinematically. I we're mean, not, we're he, not getting those scenes to know that this is an, a, a struggle for him. Yeah. I mean, Catelyn died, but she came back way more
3: interesting.
1: So I got- <laughs> You're not letting that go, are you? <laughs>
0: We'll address that later. <laughs>
3: John really hasn't had. I mean, he frankly really hasn't had that much to do since coming back to life. Though, um, it's interesting because I know they said that Kit Harrington filmed more days than anyone else on the in the cast, and you know I think a lot of that must be like the mall. You know, however many weeks it is to film the battle in in episode nine. But yeah, I mean he oh, actually yeah. probably has had fewer fewer scenes than he has in other seasons and i definitely you know definitely fewer dialogue yeah and you know obviously the you know the one partner that he has that i would feel like he would have talked to things about would probably be Mm -hmm. sam you know i I can't imagine him and tormund having like a big heart to heart about you know John's struggles as a (laughs) resurrected man
0: he would be (laughs) way worse than Asha.
3: well that that would be kind of fun
0: Sansa's there, and they could have done more of those, and those scenes were lovely when it was Jon and Sansa. Yeah, I mean, Sansa. again,
3: you know, to Kama's earlier point, this episode ended 10 minutes early. Come on, Cogman. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if they just ran out of money, but, like, most of these scenes, if you actually
1: sit down with a timer, most of these scenes are a couple of minutes at best. So right there, I mean, even if you just you still wanted to, you couldn't afford to do the full whatever and you wanted to end a little early. They could have gotten six minutes, three scenes that probably would have kind of made this. It was a good episode. Do not get me wrong. I did enjoy it. I know it doesn't sound like I did, but I did. But I think it would have tightened it up a little bit.
0: All right. So I think let's go back to the Shire. Um, We have Brother Ray. (laughs) He's sharing a story of his violent past with the quiet people. Um, he tells them all, it's never too late to come back. And then we get three men ride up and they ask about horses or food. Brother Ray invites them to supper and they declined and leave with the night is dark and full of terrors. Afterwards, the Hound um, pegs them for members of the Brotherhood. The Hound tells uh, Brother Ray that they have things they want. Brother Ray tells him he's done with fighting. Violence is a disease. Okay. Let's just go to Bravos, because I think we can discuss the Shire after. <clears throat> so in Bravos we have Sansa um sorry uh Aria, wrong stark sister. In Bravos we have Arya securing passage on a ship bound for Westeros. It leaves in the morning. She stops to admire the scenery on a bridge when a little old lady grabs her and repeatedly stabs her in the guts. It is the waif, of course, and Arya manages to push her way away from her, jump off the bridge and down into the water. Arya merges downstream and stumbles through the streets, holding her wounded abdomen. As, you know, typical Braavosi do, absolutely nothing. <laughs>
3: I feel like that happens all the time.
0: Yeah, bravo!
2: I mean, is.
3: they weren't doing anything when they were beating the shit out of each other. Yep, it's just it's a like typical the, Monday.
1: It's the Kitty Genovese, um of um, Westeros.
3: So, do you guys buy that this was Arya, or do you think that that um, Arya disguised her, took the Waif's face, and the Waif is Arya?
0: Oh, I didn't even think about that. Wait, okay. I gotta
1: wrap my head around that. So, wait, re- repeat that. Like, who's Arya?
0: Or who's not Arya? Arya and
3: Aria the, Aria? Aria the Wave face swapped.
0: So, Arya was really the little old lady, but with the Wave's yeah.
3: face. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Huh. And that's like, could we, I wonder if we could, like, pause it and see what she stabbed her with. Was it needle?
3: No, I think it was just a knife. I don't think it was it a. It was just an eye. Yeah, yeah. But, um,. I mean, there's just been speculation on that since apparently Arya doesn't die. (laughs) Why would the waif be disguised as Arya, though? Because Arya would never be looking for herself.
0: Make any goddamn sense? You're gonna like so, randomly notice somebody because you're gonna be on the lookout for like suspicious people. I think I so.
4: to like you.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, if that is what the case is, so I'm not saying it can't be. It's gonna be really stupid. <laughs> do you think? Do you think this is the end of Aria? You no. really think?
2: No, she's gonna be on the next episode. I'm sure she's gonna be fine.
1: Well, in, isn't in the preview, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, that's the uh, shot of her, I think. I, I'm sorry, I'm still trying to wrap myself my head around this concept that so the Arya who booked passage and was looking over the canal and all that—that that was really the waif. Yep. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense, sense either. Why would the and waif people? The waif who was Wester- the old lady, and then the waif was really Arya.
3: Because the waif was thinking maybe that Arya had already had already left, and so therefore was going to be um, going to Westeros hey. to get to her. I don't know. Is I'm this just making theory this up sponsored right now. by Reynolds Wrap.
1: I mean, Maybe. this is very tinfoil hat to me. I, <laughs> yeah. I, It's too complicated for them. I don't see this happening.
3: I think there has to be some moment in this season where Arya is someone that we don't realize she is. Like, at some point, that has to happen. You don't introduce, like, face swapping and then not play that game.
1: I'm just thinking that if they're going to do that, this was, this was incredibly... And if that's what happened, that was... I don't know. I can't. It
0: doesn't make. <laughs> it makes it sense. Nice I'm trying. Her. I really am. You're really hurting yourself. Don't bother. <laughs> 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 All right. So back at club peaceful, uh, Sander is still chopping wood and he hears screams. He returns to find everybody dead, including brother Ray, who has been hanged. Um, he grabs an axe and walks away, and that's the end of the episode. I mean, they had one opportunity to hear show him like digging at least one grave, you know.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, and <laughs> like it seems pretty unlikely that he would have not heard like the entire massacre, and hears like the one scream at the end. Like, hmm, right, I was <laughs> it seems thinking unlikely. The same thing. He must have had some yeah. like earplugs in. Had to be like fifty people there, right? Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the, the first time I
3: watched this, I'm like.
1: He comes back, and it's like the Marie Celeste. I mean, everybody's, well, not missing, but everyone's dead. I'm like, what the hell? And then I'm at work. I'm talking to someone who's like, I don't get it. You know, I didn't hear any. Wouldn't he have heard some screams? He wasn't that far away. So then I turned on my clothes I turned up the volume. I'm still not hearing the scream. I think the mix was off. It wasn't until I turned the closed captioning on that I realized he's supposed to be hearing screams. Uh-huh. But was that...
2: Well, it is what, called the Quiet Isle. Well, and okay, is that a literal island? He was just focusing on his wood. He was where, distracted.
1: Where? I mean, did, was it just those three guys? I mean, wouldn't they have taken the women? I don't know. I, Maybe Brianna
0: just hearing.
1: I don't know. Well, well she beat did him beat, him
0: beat up. off, beat the ear, but yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's like no, it's like two years now that really aren't working properly. What was the other thing? Oh, okay, okay. We had a question from Tumblr that I'm going to bring in now from Jeanne Boleyn, and it's addressed to me, but I'll let you guys jump into. Lot Since you're very hopeful for Lady Stoneheart to show up on the show sometime, what, do the pur- what does the purpose of the Return of the Brotherhood without banners and Septon Maribald conveniently being hanged? I mean, it's seems. I mean, my heart will ever be hopeful. Lady Stoneheart One of those
2: Brotherhood Without Banners was wearing a yellow cloak. Like Lim -Lim Lemon Cloak. Oh
3: my gosh. Yeah, he confirmed that he was playing Lim, apparently. Oh, wow. Uh, Uh, Here's the thing with Stoneheart is, you know, what the hell beef would she actually have with Brienne at this point? I mean, Brienne literally found Sansa and took her to safety and has a note from Sansa. Like, you have to be pretty vengey. To, like, oh, well, I'm going to kill you anyway, because you're wearing blue, and I don't like blue. And and why
1: would Lady Stoneheart, if this is what was going on, which would explain the sort of why Sandor gets back and, you know, we could presume some sort of magic thingy happened or whatever, and all those people were butchered, like, with one soul scream, but why would Lady Stoneheart have it in for Ian McShane and his flock of hippy drippy trippy villagers or whatever? Wait, I what? mean, well, aren't we assuming? I don't know. I mean, well, yeah, I mean,
3: we know that they're kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Like they they never go Robin Hood gone bad. They just go after Frey's is kind of indiscriminately. But right. they're never but they're like not just going after like random small random folk, people. even Yeah. Even at their worst.
0: Yeah. But that doesn't matter. This is the show. Right. They're they've changed. They become darker people. I can hear it now.
3: Well, it I mean, I have
0: like-
1: been watching a lot of like Goodfellas and Casino, and I mean, it is very mob-like, you know. Like, we'll 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 make it. Now you got to pay into our protection racket, except there's nobody else to pay yeah. into the protection yeah. racket. That's not how that does work. So never mind. I mean, what they do is drag off the women or butcher a couple people, and then they keep coming back until.
0: Yeah, they want them functioning, right? right. So they Yeah, they don't want to murder them. everybody.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. And actually as a venge thing, I mean that was just stupid. i like I don't know what the hell that was about.
4: These like, people seem
1: to be off by themselves. Yeah. It's not like they're part of a village, so it's like a commune, so it's not like you're threaten no, it doesn't work either.
4: Yeah, and it's not like they had a lot of supplies that they wanted or anything either. Well, it looked like um whenever
2: they showed the close up of, of Ray's hung body. Like I mean, his seven pointed star, that golden chain he had, was not on his around his neck they might have stole that i mean but why would yeah, they? But they would have dragged off the women and all the food
1: i mean I it wouldn't yeah, it's just this doesn't make it doesn't i think it's one of those things like you know the horse is exploding or whatever that they did in season five. It's like, they think it looks cool and they do it, but they don't think about the logic
0: behind it. Mm -hmm. I think the main thing that would maybe back up a theory that maybe Stoneheart is going to surface is the fact that they threw in the, you know, the night is dark and full of terrors line. Yeah. I did notice that. Why put that in? Right. Was
2: anybody else disappointed that they didn't do the broken man speech? I know whenever Ray did his, his little talk about, his life before he found, you know, religion and everything. It was a nod to the broken man speech, but I think it, they missed a golden opportunity to have Ian McShane do yeah. the broken man speech. Considering
0: it's called the broken man, like,
2: do exactly. the broken man speech.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's some yeah. serious fandom trolling by people that I don't feel like should be in a position to be a fandom trolling right now. You know, you don't call the episode The Broken Man, and then, I mean, you do (laughs) abbreviate. You have one of the little kids playing the role of book pod, and, you know, after the outlaws leave the first time, you have him ask about it. They do an abbreviated version, they get, you know, and the man breaks. Like, literally, they really just needed that line to satisfy at least me, because that's really (laughs) what's
2: important. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> are and you then, also upset that there was no dog guile <laughs> i was yeah i you know but they would have killed dog probably so <laughs> probably well this is true although i guess Nina. it would be smart if the hound ended up with dog yeah that yeah. would have
0: been nice then they got to work with an animal and they probably they not really do
3: that. yeah i mean but if it's they just do a not regular like dog do that. i think it's okay it's the wolf it's the well, wolves. Well, and I know they didn't like
1: working with the cats, but cats are kind of notorious. Well,
3: to, cats are uh, assholes. I mean, that's yeah. What yeah. About. yeah. No, I love but them, but dogs. I think assholes. are pretty
1: trainable. That's not a big call there. <laughs> cats are. It ass- takes so. Li- you know, this is what's frustrating. Is it? I'm not one of those people going. Oh, I don't know. Marjorie's dress was described as robin's egg blue, and they went with a teal color, and I'm really just dis- I don't care about that shit. But, like, you have these nice moments in the books, which they claim they read and enjoyed. Why not occasionally give us one of those?
3: Yeah know? well, I mean, the Jamie Blackfish dialogue was you know some of that was pretty much nearly word for word, and, and that I, was great, yeah, and I just I'm, want more. <laughs> I'm sure they think that it would, would have been a little bit too contrived and too kind of stylized in that language to have it but i mean you could have done a modified version of it yeah i mean you know you kind of have it where the little you know some little kid is asking the question and then you see ian mcshane basically answering him but talking to the hound you know i don't that seems like that should have happened like i'm not a professional television writer um i'm just pretending to be one at the moment and i would think that's what you would do but you know what do i know
1: well, I mean, I keep hearing this argument that, you know, we don't understand, we don't understand. And I mean, I do get that a lot of stuff happens behind the scenes that you can't, I mean, I don't know what's going on with their budget and all this other stuff. But I have been watching media for several decades now. And I am I think I'm a pretty sophisticated viewer. I think most of us are. And a lot of the things that people are saying they want to see or they don't understand why they didn't do it, or it's just even critiquing stuff. This is not, this is how it's done outside of this fandom, people. I mean, this is what happens.
0: Yeah, no argument here.
3: Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, there you know, there's no giving the show a pass on everything. There's no virtue in that. You know, I think we we also don't have to pretend that it's not an adaption. I mean, it is. So that's kind of how it's going to be, you know, it's going to be viewed through that lens. And, you know, Mm -hmm. there's things, you know, I'll say when I saw the episode was named The Broken Man, you know, several weeks ago I went and I listened to the, and there's a YouTube audio clip of it. And so I listened to that and then I got into one of those like YouTube holes where you just find strange things one after the other, and so then I heard the same guy um, reciting Stannis' speech about Renly and the Peach, which, you know, actually I found myself liking that speech more, and it was another one of those, oh, you know, I really wish they would have had that in the show as well, and, um, you know, I miss miss both of those moments, and I think part of it is that that's the uniqueness of the characters, and and some of the things that I, I feel like, some of the issues with the writing right now are that they're not writing for these individual unique characters as maybe as much as they used to. Like, I feel like in some ways they're relying on the actors and the chemistry of the actors to kind of carry them through and Mm -hmm. underwriting, um, they're underwriting it a little bit. And in some cases, you know, like the Marjorie and Olena scene, etc. Like, you don't really need to write, you know, like, they will carry it and there's really nothing more to that scene than them. But then some of these other ones, I think, you know, you can kind of see, nope, should have... They needed to tighten it up a little bit. hmm Yeah.
0: Oh, that's a good way to end this one. Um, <laughs> let's uh, do the mail. Eon. Yeah. Okay.
2: All right, we got some mail. All right. Um, our first one is from an Anon, and it says, I don't even watch this show, but I heard some rumors I couldn't believe and decided to watch the promo for um season 6 episode 8 and what the actual fuck i don't have anything <laughs> useful to say just wanted to send you some support i can't wait for the season to end so that everyone will re- return to book talk and i can talk to people about the real jamie again
0: anon and okay, so two things with you right now. <laughs> two things. Uh did you do like a Twitter poll asking like how many of our listeners don't even watch the show, they just listen to the podcast? You know, <laughs> I
3: did and the poll, I think the poll closed like just before we started recording tonight. So, um, keep going and I will give the poll okay. results momentarily.
0: <laughs> the other thing is, I think this is probably a good point to talk about the upcoming episode, um the preview and it's got a lot of people pretty mad <laughs> what were your you thoughts think? yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> i don't what even know where to begin <laughs> well okay i'll begin <laughs> <laughs> i thought like the preview looked just fine until that you know that gross comment of i love cersei yay yay, yay. cersei's the best i'm gonna kill everyone to get back to cersei which you know, granted, it looks like he's saying it to Edmure, which is better and you know more forgivable ultimately than Jamie saying that to Brienne. But Jesus Christ, Jamie, this is supposed to be a secret. Are you like literally tell everyone in Westeros? <laughs> and I, yeah. I, I get, and frankly, I you know I kind of buy the argument that this is part of his whole you know Trebuchet speech of just like I'm going to be the most awful prick on the face of the earth so that you believe every threat I'm gonna make to you but you know like why we don't need to hear it for fuck's sake like you think you haven't beaten us over the head with this shit for the last two years yeah I don't understand
4: why him declaring like how he loves Cersei has to do with Upping up the threat to Edmir, right. and just be like, "Okay, it's you love moti- your sister. No, That's it's, cool."
3: It's, is that a threat to me? Like, it's I mean, his motivation to end the siege as quickly as possible is because he wants to go home and get laid by his sister. Yeah.
4: Shit, <laughs> motivation is like, like, oh boy, yeah. I'm not gonna step between somebody who wants to have sex with his twin. <laughs> he doesn't
3: have a right hand. Come on, give the guy a break. I feel like,
1: yeah, whatever, perv. I was relieved to realize it was Edmure, but I don't think that changes anything because we have not had... It's not like we had half a season of him kind of, I don't know, coming to a realization that he needed a break with Cersei or that he was drawn to Brienne. No, we've had, what, two? Two and a half seasons of him being convinced that Cersei is the greatest thing since sliced bread, which, of course, they don't have, but... You know, that she's this... Hey, don't put it past Hot Pie. He's an innovative yeah, dude. Yeah, he could be on that that franchise already, but it's he's saying it with utter conviction. It mirrors all this other shit he's been saying for the past season and a half. So it's not like I can even go, oh, he's lying. No, no, I think oh, he's no, honest he's not lying. when he says that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, you fuckers killed my ship. Thanks so much. And, um, you know... Thanks for. I was so. In, I cannot express. I sit. It's become to the point where I'm like, oh crap, I've got to watch the show, and there's this dread. And when it's good, I'm like, oh. So I was enjoying it. I'm liking the show. This is great. They're back on track. Maybe they're gonna pull it off. And then I see that. I'm like, ah. You probably heard my scream.
3: Yeah. No, I couldn't hear you over my sob. <laughs> No, I just, yeah, I think it's, I don't know, you know, I was watching, like, season four a little bit, and it's like that first episode of season four, the Jamie and Brienne scene, I mean, that is them, like, that was D&D writing that episode, and they wrote those characters, and they were recognizable as people, you know, that we know from the books, and people that we know from season three, and even in Season 4, if you look at, up until that last episode, if you look at Jamie and Cersei's interactions, like, they fucking hate each other. Even the first couple episodes of Season mm-hmm. 5, they hate each other. So I don't know what the fuck happened, these they first had to five episodes out. of Season yeah. 6, but it's a fucking, I'm sorry, I'm really swearing a lot, but it's either <laughs> this or, like, start crying. It's a fucking travesty, and yeah. it's just it makes absolutely no sense it is never going to be justified by anything they do from here on out and I you know the worst thing in the world will be well no I'm not even going to say it never mind because the worst well, thing yeah. in the world is... Ne- well, I mean, the worst thing in the world is never going to be anything that happens on a TV show. <laughs> like, I, I think, a little perspective yeah. there for a moment for myself. <laughs> and
4: for me, <laughs> I'm just... I'm also frustrated with the arguments of, well, Jamie still loves Cersei in the books. And it's like, yeah, he does, but he's also on a path of distancing himself from her and not doing everything for her. Whereas in the show he's clinging to Cersei and everything he does is for Cersei and he has he doesn't have his identity and it's almost like what was the point of season three like yeah. th- his entire season three journey basically the entire storm of swords in is just chucked out the window because that was when his development was supposed to happen
3: they're so to it's make like all yeah. of his development be oh Brienne it's like the miracle worker
4: yeah and it's like yeah I and confident he's going to have, like, a revelation and go with Brienne at some point, but it's like,
0: yeah.
4: it, he should have been consistent from season they three on. When you see that
0: great big green plume coming yeah. out of King's Landing, he's like, oh, she's a horrible person. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I guess after she killed half a million people, maybe she's not the woman I thought she was. Yeah, that's what <laughs> it's going to be. Ugh. <laughs> uh sad. I anyway, mean, what's the results of that poll, Gail? So, the results of our poll are um 30% of our people on of our Twitter followers who voted actually don't listen to the podcast. Um they just watch the show. <laughs> they just follow us, <laughs> okay? Yeah. They just That's follow us on Twitter or, you know, found the poll. And then 54% are watching and listening to the podcast. And then we have 16% that are just listening to the podcast and not yeah. watching the show. So, you know, holla. We could just yeah. make sh- we we could be making shit up and you people wouldn't even know. Right? <laughs> I think
0: it's <laughs> a testament to your your entertainment value, Kyle, that there's people just following us on Twitter but don't listen to the show. <laughs> well, I think some people no tweeted it. To, we should do that. We should totally make shit up. We'll be awesome.
1: What did you guys
3: think of the birth of the fourth dragon? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe Lady Stoneheart was finally in this episode I can't believe John right. and Sansa slept together already it's amazing I love that love scene
0: between dead and Robert Oh,
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: it, <was> so, like,
0: <laughs> it really was emotional this is one message let's go
2: to the next one <laughs> Um, We got another Anon that says, I'm basically watching the show by listening to you and catching few things on my dash from Jamie not being Jamie to the North Remembers turning into the North don't give a fuck. (laughs) I just can't continue. Please keep up with your amazing work because it really makes my week.
0: That was a good bookend to our just our whole last. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so
2: much. <laughs> I Today promise North, not to do you fuck. too much. <laughs> okay, next. We got one from I Heart Dramas, and it says, Hi, ladies. Can I adopt Leanna Mormont? I was cackling at how easily she cut through John and Sansa's spiel. I'm sad they made her and Jorah the last two Mormonts standing. But hey, we did get Jamie's golden pimp slap. It was so disappointing it didn't happen in the same context of the book series, though. I'm still not over how the show chooses to dress one of the richest houses of the Riverlands as dirty vagabonds. Hashtag phrase get paid, frowny face. (laughs) Also, my sand-sand shipping heart was happy to see the hounds return, and I guess we're heading towards both Bastard
0: Bowl and Clegane Bowl. One, two, three, fight! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking about that. That's actually a good point she brings up. That the phrase, you know, are supposed to be like a wealthy house. You know, they're collecting tolls and all that. But there's like a million of them, right? So they're kind of yeah, like Mormon like- children, like on welfare. <laughs> <Is that laughs> sense
2: just wear secondhand <laughs> clothes. Get everyone's head me downs. You know.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's too many of them, right? Well, like,
2: it's like you can't like the possibly high sparrow take care of
0: being all.
1: dirty all the time. I'm like, I'm ex- yeah. Uh.
2: But
3: he's dirty I, for I decorative
1: your... purposes,
0: you know?
3: Like, he would I never be dirty where no one could see.
0: Yeah, and these I freys have been on a siege point. for how long? <laughs> They're going to look m- mucky and gross. I
3: love drama's dedication and devotion to House Frey. <laughs> I mean, no. I genuinely do. Like, that's great.
2: And, um,. <laughs> Let's see, She says she saw the preview for the 8th episode and I wanted to throw stuff at the TV screen. Snap out of it, Jamie. Where's the flirting, the I missed you? Where's the, t- the sex table that was promised? <laughs> Not at all amused,
0: I Heart Dramas. I don't know that it was actually promised by anybody but us, so sorry, yeah. I guess. False hopes and expectations. <laughs> My bad.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got one from Glay... I- Gray, I'm going to butcher this, Um, Slipener? Is it Gray Slipener? I'm sorry if I butchered your Tumblr name. (laughs) Um, Have loved this podcast since last season. Awesome job, ladies. I feel like I'm going to need you guys to survive the end of the season. Since show Brienne is more violent, do you think she can beat some sense into Larry until he becomes Jamie again? She seems to I, want to I, fight, I, and I'm not sure I can blame her.
3: I'd be down the, for that. Yeah, beat the Larry out of him, that'd be kind of great. I would love to
0: see Brienne to beat the shit out of Jamie. I would you mean death
3: by Snoo Snoo, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, pretty
0: much. <laughs> well, you know, sword fucking, and then fucking fucking, but... <laughs> then more. Sword I would fighting. like Brienne to have the... I would like Brienne to be on top in both uh, <laughs> both of those fuckings. <laughs>
2: Oh, we got an iTunes review Woohoo Woohoo! Hopefully a good one (laughs) Hey, it was five stars We got five stars this time Oh yeah (laughs) Uh, Titled Such a Great Podcast By Duomo68 And it says By far my favorite podcast Funny and enlightening discussion About Game of Thrones The Song of Ice and Fire I enjoy all the different viewpoints every episode gives me something new to think about around a show and book
0: series i love thank you for all the
2: entertaining hours
3: Aww, that's
0: Aww, sweet. you're welcome mm-hmm. thank you for the lovely review very much appreciated mm-hmm. and that's all i got that was enough that was plenty we got great listeners they're so supportive we love you guys
3: i feel for like real. we're in this like mutual like counseling sessions that's a support group, right? <laughs> yeah, <you're> pretty <laughs> much. Like it's pretty much a support group. Hi, my name is Guile. I ship Jamie and Brienne. Hi, Guile. <laughs> if,
0: if any of you out there want to let us know how you're dealing, you know, we're here for you, and you can send us messages. You know, and questions. we
3: never got the lumpia recipe, but I feel like we'd be up for some cocktail recipes this week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So that's you can a really those, good idea yeah,
0: send those to close the door and at gmail.com also close the door and come com. follow us on twitter at door podcast support us on patreon patreon.com forward slash close the door like subscribe review us on iTunes Google Play and on our YouTube channel um, so yeah until next week I'm sure everything is going to be just hunky dory peachy yep Jinmo, always lovely to have you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, panel. Thanks. All right. Closing the door. Get out.